The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. Today I want to start a two-part series that is uh, building your field of dreams. And the picture that was created for it was pretty creative. They're going to show it up here. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. If you remember the movie Build Your uh, Field of Dreams, it came out in 1989, and that's a uh, a takeoff on the picture that they used to promote the movie where Kevin Costner, the star of the movie, was standing on a a baseball diamond. So our very creative marketing team came up with this idea and had me standing out in the heat in the middle of June getting my picture taken like that, and it was fun, yeah, on a hot bomber jacket like that. So that was pretty amazing, Uh, and they're very creative and wonderful, and there is a little bit of that movie that's going to show itself here in this message uh, because it's a really beautiful movie. Uh, Just a brief reminder about the main character played by uh, Costner, Kevin Costner. The main character's name is Ray Kinsella. He is a, a corn farmer in Iowa and he suddenly gets this wild and crazy idea Uh, this dream to plow down a portion of his crops, which is how he makes his money to build a baseball diamond, of all things. And people around him think he's kind of crazy. I mean, I think his wife stands by him and his, his daughter stands by him, but a few other people who tend to be more practical think he is just losing it. He's gone a little bit crazy. But he does this because he hears this voice that says, if you build it, He will come. And this points to some of the conflict that's been in this character's life around his father, who is a baseball player and who he has a lot of unresolved issues with. And the interesting thing that emerges when he listens to this voice and he builds this field is that suddenly out of the corn that is around the baseball field come these baseball players who have passed on into the next life experience, but they show up suddenly on his baseball field and begin to play baseball. And they bring lessons, and eventually Ray's father shows up too. And it's a very touching part of the story, an opportunity for him to complete. And there are other little tangents that he goes off on where he listens deeply to that inner voice that calls him to do things that other people don't quite understand. And it's a beautiful movie, and it's a beautiful opportunity for us to really look at those moments that we have ourselves, I mean, that, that listening to that voice, that's way woo-woo, isn't it? That's just like, that's not just woo, that's woo-woo, double woo, I call that. And so sometimes we don't want to do that, and yet we are so plugged in, so connected, that we always have something in us urging us forth to express, to be more, to give more, to dream more and dream bigger. And during times like this, when sometimes we look around at the world and it seems as though there's so much going on that the dreams that are happening collectively uh, sometimes feel more like nightmares and they do powerful dreams, we can feel uh, possibly a little discouraged about dreaming. Why should I have big dreams when there are so many problems in the world, we might say? 
But if we really look into our hearts, a lot of us, that divine discontent that we're experiencing is pointing us towards better dreams that we have, that we dream for a a world in our own personal life where we can be fully expressed and do things that we feel called to do and be things we feel called to be. We dream things for our our country, for uh, where we live and what we want to see happen that will allow all people to have a life that thrives. We have those dreams for our church. Our dream for our church is that by being here, all of our lives are thriving. We have dreams for our world and the way that we can show up here on this planet. I'm not just talking about these personal dreams that we just keep quiet to ourselves. Some of us have dreams about saving our planet. Some of us have dreams about ending gun violence. Some of us have dreams about our career that we want to bring forth. Some of us have dreams about our health and our well-being. Some of us have dreams about things we want to express creatively. This is the full realm of the field of dreams, and it's available to all of us. And as Dr. Barry pointed out, these dreams are like seeds. And if we don't plant them and plant them consciously, we will never see the fruition of them. And so some of us just stop dreaming. We just get out of the dream business. It's too crazy right now to dream. I'm too busy to dream. I'm too old to dream. It's too late for my dreams. I can't dream because I feel so disempowered, whatever our excuse is. And today and next week, I'm inviting us and encouraging us to consider the possibility of dreaming big. If there are a voice that boomed in this room, like Ray Kinsella heard, it would be, as that voice said to him, if you build it, he will come. I would say to you and to me, if we build the consciousness our dreams will come. And we are about helping each other, inspiring each other, encouraging each other to build a consciousness within our own beingness that is a field that has integrity, a field that can receive the seeds of our dreams and be a master gardener of them. The second part beyond the Field of Dreams movie that came out in 1989 is that in 1996, one of my favorite teachers and mentors, Mary Morrissey, wrote a book called Build Your Field of Dreams. It's a book that's chock full of stories and lessons and practical guides for building dreams. And this week and next week, I want to bring in some of the principles from that book to support us in building our personal dreams, in stepping forward powerfully. And so the first thing we have to do, according to her and pretty much everybody, is to pick a dream, to choose a dream, to select a dream. Because the thing that she points out and that I believe is true is that once we learn to be a master gardener of a dream, we can, we can use the principles that we learn for any dream we have. And so it's about learning to do that. Just as a gardener who learns to grow corn may want to grow another crop and may have to learn a few nuances that are specific to that different crop, the principles of that remain the same. The the seed, the soil, the water, the nurturing, the sun, it remains the same. And for you and for me, when we begin to learn some of the techniques and apply them to our dream building, we become master gardeners who can build any dream we choose. And one of the key things that's in this book that Mary wrote, 
I love is a context to look at our dream before we begin, before we move forward. She has five questions that she invites us to ask about our dreams. And I want to share those five questions today with you as the first step in seeding, being dream seeding. And and today, actually, on the back of the bulletin, uh, I went ahead and uh, took the note page over and, and asked our marketing department to put the five questions on the back of the bulletin so you could take them home, you could work with them in today's message, you can, you can write all over them if you want, that's okay, but uh, write something different if you'd like, but just to give you the, the questions to take home because I think they're just powerful questions. And I'm going to share each one of them, share some of the stories that go with them, and we're going to begin together to become dream builders. We're going to step into our dreams. And so, The first question she asks, after we've decided what it is that we want to give our attention to, she asks us to consider, does this dream enliven me? Do I feel this uplift of my heart? Does my heart engage? Do I feel excitement? Do I feel a sense of enthusiasm? I don't exactly know how to describe this feeling. I just know that there have been times in my life when a dream has emerged, and it's sort of this combination of possibility, wow, and oh my God, all at the same time, all at the same time. And my heart is excited, and I feel this sense of, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if we could do that, or if I could be that, or we could express that, or I could change my life in that way? Uh, Dreams that enliven us have energy. Now, this is in contrast to some of us who may have a dream because we think we should have a dream. So it's important to distinguish that energy. Am I moving forward in my life to acquire certain things because I think I should? Because someone told me I should, or it's a tradition in my family. My father was a lawyer, and so I'm a lawyer. My my child will be a lawyer. Whatever that dream may be that we're carrying forth, it's fine if our heart aspires to that and feels a, a rising lift to that. But she suggests that we should not approach anything we dream to become or dream to have from a sense of should. I should do this. We should do this. It should should be better, it should be, because that energy is a little bit of a lower energy and vibration. It's about our heart. I love what Walt Disney said. He said, a dream is a wish our heart makes. A dream is a wish your heart makes. And it's important to have such dreams. And the part of us that has learned and been taught to be practical sometimes gets in the way of our dreaming, doesn't it? One thing that I am loving about our family right now, my, my, uh, my husband Ken and I have three children amongst us. He has two children, I have one. Our kids right now in their lives, they're not doing a lot of practical stuff. And as a parent, some of you who have kids or grandkids, you might be thinking, but they need to be practical. But I feel so overjoyed that somehow in their upbringing with Ken and his former wife Jennifer and me and my former husband Brad that we've created and all their grandparents and people who've supported them have created an environment for these kids that is allowing them to pursue their dreams 
and doing things that they might not think or people might not think are practical necessary necessarily. His daughter Heather just came home from a, a trip to Europe. Heather went to Europe by herself. Yeah, all alone, no friends, no buddies. She made friends along the way. She had great adventures. She went and worked on a sustainable farm and a a bed and breakfast, and she toured Europe all by herself. You know, this this is amazing. It touches my heart deeply. As a parent, I would have thought years ago, well, I want them to choose to be something practical. And I find that I am just overjoyed. And my heart swells that they're doing what they love. They're doing things in the world that some of us might not totally understand. My son is doing things that for his life experience and for who he's been most of his life, you would think he would never do that, and he's doing it. His, it's because their hearts are engaged. Our oldest son, Red, is out living, having a beautiful career. They're amazing beings, and they're living a life that is building dreams. And that's energizing, and I'm so proud of each one of them for being that and doing that. Does this dream enliven me? Does it enliven me? That's an important question. Does this dream align with my core values is the second question. It's important for us to know what our core values are, to be clear what's important to us, because this question is about integrity. A dream that is integrous with with who we say we are has an energy of wholeness at the core of it. But if we get out of integrity, and it can be really easy to do that when we have big dreams, we can be tempted out of integrity to make choices that don't align with our core values. One of the examples that Mary shares in the book, Building Your Field of Dreams, is she says, imagine that you're somebody who has a core value of loyalty. You believe that it's important to be loyal to your family and friends and, and the people that you work with. And you're, in, you're also having a dream of, of purchasing a new home. And you've gone and looked for a new home and you've done the research. And you realize that with your current salary to find a home that could serve your family in the market that's happening right now, it may, you may have to wait a little while. You may have to save some money. You may have to change careers or, or get a bigger salary. And then suddenly you're offered a a promotion in your workplace with a bigger salary. And you think, oh my gosh, my dream is coming true. But the only catch is the reason you're getting that promotion is that the person who's, who's now not in that role is a former mentor of yours, someone you admired greatly, but whom you feel the company fired unfairly. And so standing there on the precipice of I could have my dream for my family come true if I violate one of my core values, which is loyalty. Begin to understand and see the challenge then to to step away from that core value. You might then make that dream come true, but it would be tainted, wouldn't it? It'd have an energy about it that didn't make it feel fully uh, powerful and magnificent because to get there, you had to step over your own sense of value. And she talks about this, and I agree with her, that that we have to pay attention, that getting our dreams 
means we don't need to compromise what's important to us. And indeed, I've watched people over the years who make a choice that's out of integrity and then find that the dream that they ultimately create for themselves was so much more magnificent because they stayed true to who they really are. This is an important part of dream building, staying true to who we really are. The third question is my very favorite question. Do I need help from a higher source to make this dream come true? In the work in this book and in the work we do in the Prosperity Plus class, Mary really distinguishes uh, uh, something that I think is important. The difference between a dream and a worthy goal. We have a lot of conversation that goes on in the world right now, don't we, about a dream, a vision, a goal, and setting goals and intentions and all this. And how do we know what's what? What's a dream? What's a vision? What's a goal? And so one of the distinctions that she makes is that a worthy goal is fine and it's wonderful. But a worthy goal is something that I know how to do. If my goal is to walk from here to the lobby, I know that the steps I need to take are to go down this aisle or that. I know the steps. It's not a dream. It's not like it's, I have a dream to be in the lobby. No, it's not quite that. Like, right? It's a worthy goal, and there's nothing wrong with having worthy goals. We should have, and it's great to have, and it's helpful to have worthy goals. But a dream is bigger than us. It requires a level of surrender to something we don't quite know about. In Science of Mind, we teach here that when we go to move towards our good, that we don't have to know how we're going to get there. And that's challenging for those of us who pride ourselves in being practical and who've been taught by people who love us that you need to know how you're going to get there. If you have a dream, you need to know how you're going to get there. And I'm standing here in my little sparkly pink vest today saying, no, not necessarily, right? (laughs) A dream that is big and magnificent has an element of I dream this and I'm not entirely sure exactly how I'm going to get there. I'm going to have to rely on a bigger, deeper part of myself. Even a master gardener has to do this, right? They plant a seed. They know how to plant the seed. They know how to water. They know how to bring the crop forward. But there is a huge element of the unknown. It's called Mother Nature, right? That they have to place their trust in in order for that crop to come to fruition, And you and I are the same when it comes to our fondest dreams, our biggest dreams. Let it be okay and indeed see it as a good sign if I have to say, do I need help from a higher source to make this dream come true? And if the answer is yes, then know that it's a dream that will bring forth a higher aspect of us that can call forth creativity and synchronicity and, and is big and expansive and grows us and expands us and calls us forth. As the dean of our ministerial college here, and as a minister now for many years who's worked with practitioners and people who want to be practitioners and people who want to be ministers, I love the part about how I want to go do that, but I'm not, I I know that I have to take these classes, but I'm not sure how I'm going to fit it in and I'm not sure how this is going to work. And some of them, especially the ministers, the students get really caught up in, okay, how much will it cost? When will I graduate? Where can I work? Are there churches available? 
people? What is the retention rate? And what kind of the opportunities are out there? And they ultimately have to come to a point where the dream of becoming a minister is so big that they know they can't answer those questions. They're going to have to follow their soul. They're going to have to say, yes, and I don't know what's going to happen then when I'm done. Powerful dreaming to watch that unfold. Almost every person, including me, who heard that voice at 18, you should be a minister, just as Ray Kinsella heard that voice, if you build it, they will come, and thought, that is so stupid. (laughs) What a stupid idea that is. (laughs) No, I'm not doing that. Uh -uh. And here I stand, right here, yeah. And so, thank you. (laughs) And it it took a higher power, for sure, to get me through that process. And it grew me in a powerful and profound way. A higher power, an important aspect of building our dreams. Will this dream require me to grow more, more into more of my true self? Will this dream require me to continue to birth my true self? This is a powerful question because what I think we each yearn for and the world yearns from us is not some big facade that looks all successful and has everything they could ever want. What we yearn for and what the world yearns from us is our authentic self our truest self. And what I've discovered is that when people truly follow their dreams, even when others around them go, you're going to do what? You're going to quit what? You're going to let go of what? But the true self, the part of us that says, this is who I am. This is the life I want to live. This is who I want to be is so alive and magnificent that it can only bless us and bless the world. My favorite quote from Howard Thurman is, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. That's what the world yearns from us and what we yearn to be. So will this dream cause me to grow more into my authentic self? If the answer is yes, pay attention to what that might look like. I would really be sharing my truest gifts with people. I would really be fully satisfied in my life to live this way. I would feel a sense of fulfillment. I would be who I feel I've come here to be. And that is an indication of a powerful dream. And the last one is beautiful also. Will this dream ultimately bless others? Will this dream ultimately bless others? to allow ourselves to be present to and see how our dream could bless other people. 
because that's an important element too. It feels to me like our soul, our essence, is always seeking to make a difference, is always seeking to contribute to the lives of others. Think about it. Think about some of the most happy moments that we have in our lives. They seem to be when someone looks us in the eye and says, the way you helped me really made a difference. That thing you said really supported me. The way you're showing up right now for me or in the world is really inspiring me. And our heart sings because we yearn to be a blessing. We yearn to make a difference. And when we are contemplating our dreams, it's important to be present to the element of what we dream as a blessing to other people. And one of the distinctions she makes is about real estate agents. She talks about if you're a real estate agent and your dream is to be successful and, and make a lot of money, that's a good dream. That's not bad. But if you put it in the context of this question, to be able to say, I want to be a real estate agent who dreams that I help, and I dream that I help people find their dream home. That I help people find a home they love love, a sanctuary that they can feel a sense of home and belonging in, that's warmth. That is integrity. That is a blessing that drives us and calls us forth into greater service in the world. A beautiful distinction, a powerful distinction. And it's a distinction that we certainly have here. The ministers who have served Mile High Church throughout its history, the ministers who are here currently, we don't do what we do just to stand up and look good and say a bunch of nice stuff. One of the things I love about our ministers and have been inspired by over the years is everyone seeks to say in everything we're doing, let us help to bless people so that people can go out from this place and bless other people because they They've had the spiritual audacity to dream big and to live big lives, right? Yes. That's who we are. That's what we do. And that's part of why this place continues to be alive and to thrive because we choose to dream big about every person who comes here and to dream big about the impact we can have in this world that can be positive and powerful. Magnificent dreams. If you build them, they will come. If we go back to this beautiful story in the field of dreams The book is about that. The movie is about that. And Reverend Josh shared with me a a story recently that is uh, so inspirational that the the, um, MLB, what's that called, the baseball, Major League Baseball, thank you, Ron, Uh, they, they plan to create a year from now, a temporary field in Iowa amidst the corn that can seat 8,000 people and the Yankees and some Sox team, some uh, White Sox, White Sox, yeah, uh, they're going to play a game, yeah. I hope they get lots of touchdowns and it's, <laughs> it's going to be magnificent. But because Americans love baseball and because we love to dream, people will come, Ray. People will come. And in our life, as we dream, 
we would be amazed that people will rise up. Synchronistic things will occur. Life will call us forward. This is an invitation this week to dream and to put our dreams up to these five questions. Next week, we will continue the story and continue the conversation because what can happen as our dreams begin to emerge is that we can freak out a little bit and we can squelch the seed before it ever comes forth. And so next week, we're going to talk about how do you continue to keep the momentum of dreaming alive. Go out. Dream big this week. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.